Hobbs, Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, Trent Condon. Score. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Back to local programming uh, for the remainder of, well, the morning and right through the afternoon. Trent Condon, Ken Miller talking sports with you up until 1 o'clock. BMW of Des Moines guest list uh, shapes up like this. Uh, the Athletics had a tough day. I uh, hate this part of it. Uh, they've apparently laid off 20 journalists today. Uh, Scott Dockerman, not one of them. We're fortunate there. Uh, so's Doc, quite honestly. Uh, but uh, he will join us at 1130. Uh, coming up, we will talk, uh, get the latest on Scott Dockerman, who's just been incredibly busy fighting Husker fans on Twitter and uh, pumping out content for the Athletics. So that's coming up to our only guest in hour number one. Hour two, we're going to talk some baseball with Matt Snyder. Love that segment. MLB, uh, we will talk to CBS's Matt Snyder coming up at 12.05. And then Nick Osen, who is, as always, busting his hump for his subscribers at Cyclone Alert 24-7 Sports. He's in Colorado Sp- Springs uh, watching three or four soon-to-be Cyclones. Uh, with the Team uh, USA Under-19 group uh, that's out there. I talked to Nick earlier this morning. He said Omaha Blue is just tearing it up. Oh, really? Yes, he did. Uh, and he will join us. In about 90 minutes, we'll talk Iowa State. Of course, they had a big uh, camp recruiting football-wise. Another one coming up this weekend. So the very latest on all of Iowa State, including, uh, if there is, um, a um, some kind of verdict, some kind of uh, news um, on the May or the gambling story that uh, that broke weeks ago and certainly gone quiet as of late. How are you? I'm doing well. How was vacation? I could use a vacation. Yeah, it's usually how it is. Yeah, isn't it? you know what? I think it's just worse getting older. I just I, I'm just out of it today. Just totally out of it today. Uh, but um, yeah, California. Never saw the sun. Really? Never saw it. Maybe for an hour, I should say. Okay. Yeah, it, it, the one day the sun peaked out for about an hour, and that was it. Temperature in the mid 60s for highs. Um, but it's a big body of water that you get to walk beside every yeah. day that um, makes it, in some respects, worthwhile. Uh, it's, it's, it's California's traffic's crazy. Um, got through, we got into Vegas on Saturday night, went to Circa, had dinner with my son. Uh-huh. So I got over to see our friends at Circa for it. It was packed. Oh, was it? Just mobbed, as you would anticipate there would be. And um, a game five tonight in hoops, a game five tomorrow in, uh, in the Stanley Cup. Baseball continues on. What did I miss? Live golf was a big story last week. Any local stories? No, not really. The schedule moved the needle? Yeah, we talked about that, touched on it a little yeah. bit. But, yeah, it's just it's the off season. Yeah, it's I guess the upcoming here. schedule we should uh, uh, phrase it as. With the Big Ten, they know, their, uh, they know their opponents. So Iowa gets whiskey, mini, Nebraska. Guaranteed every year. Guaranteed every year. You good with that? Yeah, absolutely. I know I am, selfishly. Yeah, I don't want to see any of those rivalries go away. No, nor do I. They're all too important for Iowa. And I was just very impressed by the Big Ten. Instead of taking the easy way, Mm -hmm. we'll have a protected rival, maybe two, and forcing it. And there'll be some force, and then there'll be ones that have been left off. Yeah, We know how important Iowa-Wisconsin is. I mean, for 30 years now, how important that game is seemingly every Uh single year in one way or the other. To see that go away when it did with the leaders and legends, mm-hmm. to see it go away when there was just they scheduled off back in the what early two thousands when that happened, that game should always be played. Mm-hmm. 
Minnesota, it's the most important rivalry game for me. That's a wonderful trophy. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. You got the big, you yeah. got yeah. people from my neck of the woods. Yeah. It's Iowa, Minnesota. Well, even, even if I was not playing up there, periodically, we're going to hear a chant, who hates Iowa? Exactly. <laughs> right? Doesn't matter if the Hawkeyes are there no, or not. They might, be in, they might be in the East Coast. It doesn't matter. We're not even playing. Um, yeah, so I'm glad that stayed. And obviously, Black Friday mm-hmm. uh, is is good news that uh, that that game remains. I love the game. Uh, I love the fact that we talked to our buddy Stephen M. Sipple. <laughs> so selfishly, for those reasons, I'm glad it's part of it. But the Penn State doesn't have a protected rival. No. Did I see the o- the Oaken Bucket game is gone? Did Purdue Indiana not play? That can't be right. No, I th- I think that's their protected rival. Now. I hope it is. Yeah, I'm almost positive. Okay, yeah. That that was the one for each of them because Penn State was the only one that didn't have a protected mm-hmm. rival. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I I've seen Nittany Lion fans say, "Well, it should have been Ohio State." Well, again, you're kind of. Yeah. I understand it's big right now. Yep. And now all their complaints, mm-hmm. and every time that you and I went to Big Ten Media Day, what was the complaints from all the Penn State writers? Yep. We have it too tough over here. Yep. Yep. Wham, wham, wham. And for Franklin too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> from Franklin too. He was at the forefront of that. Yeah. Um, the as far as the Big Twelve, Pac twelve goes, might this be a whole lot of to, to do about nothing? If you can get eighty percent of the money that the which it seems like maybe that's the way it's looking, right? Short deal. Uh-huh. Not going to be what you want. Nope. Not a great national media environment right now. Can't lock in the two heavy heads. Got to acquiesce to them if they get the opportunity to move to the Big Ten. Got to make it somewhat palatable for it to do so while protecting your backside as best you can. The Arizona part of this has been interesting. Arizona and Arizona State. Because it felt like for a long time the conversation was they were in lockstep. Yeah. And we've seen here over really the last couple of weeks well, that's the Arizona not the case. president came right out and said it's not yeah. the case. We don't have to mm-hmm. do that. And... You know, from that perspective, I, I certainly understand Arizona State's thinking, and I think a lot of the Utah, another one that was kind of four corner schools, mm-hmm. and they were certainly not at the same level as Colorado and Arizona. What's this going to look like if we have an automatic bid in this ten team league? Oof. Why are you going to turn that down for? You shouldn't an extra three, four, five million dollars a year. Percent right. When your path to get into a mm-hmm. college football playoff is right there. Yeah. And there's real opportunity and to get Lincoln there. Lincoln Riley doesn't coach in your league anymore. <laughs> right. Yes, Oregon's still going to be good. Uh-huh, probably, yep. Washington. Washington, yep. Utah. Yeah, it, good. I but, think Dion will turn Colorado around. I'm not sure to the level that they're going to play anytime soon. I hope he does. And when he does, is he going to stick around? I don't think so. Of course so. not. No, great point. But Arizona State, why would we go to join this behemoth of a conference with a lot of similar schools? Mm-hmm. Or take our shot here in this 10-team league yeah. where one person's going every single year. Yep. Or one out of 16. What makes more sense? Obviously the Pac-12. I I think that line of thinking, if the, mon- the money's comparable. If we're talking $35 billion for the Big 12 and you're getting 15, okay. Right. Completely different. Yeah. yeah. But if it's they're getting 35 and you're getting 26. Mm-hmm. Or 30. Yeah. Let's figure this out. Let's yeah. figure out yep. what else we can do because... For our football program, and in general, just sports, mm-hmm. this makes a whole lot more sense. Yeah, I agree with As you. As opposed wholeheartedly. to having to take the soccer team to Orlando <laughs> right. for a conference yeah. game yeah. and heading up to Cincinnati or West yeah. Virginia. Morgantown, yeah. That's not exactly nope. a trip that makes sense. Yes, even the $10 million gap might seem significant. When you actually do a little back-of-the-napkin math, 
maybe not as big mm-hmm. as you'd initially anticipate. Uh, I thought it was going to happen, and um, we'll see where it goes. But it's, if, I, if I had to change my opinion today, I would say it's not going to happen for that very reason. I think it's going to be comparable. Speaking of the Big 12, did you see the latest rumblings about Memphis? Yeah, and it was shot down. Yormark said he's well, never Yormark, been on campus. He's never been on campus. No, so did they come to visit him? Right. There, there were some holes you could definitely uh-huh. poke in his comments yep. responding to it, but... Is that just a report out of nowhere? It's the time of year. Right. <laughs> right. right. We're, we're about to be, I mean, get ready, folks. You're going to be Mount Rushmore out the yin-yang. I don't think there's <laughs> any left that have not been touched. I really truly believe this. Mount Rushmore. Season um, is here. Iowa State Wrestling. Here there we go. We go. Yeah. <laughs> All um, right, we got Kale Sanderson. Yeah, uh, it, it's coming. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the time. That's the, so I think that that's part and parcel um, to maybe the Memphis story coming out the way that it did. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I didn't have any credence in it, but mm-hmm. this is, again, the background information that you look at. Yeah, Memphis doesn't make sense in comparison to other schools that are out there. Was it something to maybe put a little pressure on Colorado? Hey, yeah, we're maybe. still looking okay. around. It's not just you. We have other opportunities. Mm-hmm. Well, the football coach at Colorado certainly wants the Big 12. He does. Uh, and he wants that Texas connection, He does, too. and he's a powerful dude, but maybe he won't even get his way. All right, so what uh, What else? Basketball tonight, boy. Of the two that are ab- about to embark on Game 5 mm-hmm. with, a, with the trophy in the building, do either of them get to a Game 6? I would certainly lean hockey more than I would basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like the basketball... I think the two hockey teams are closer, more evenly matched than the two champion, the two uh, conference representatives in mm-hmm. the NBA. I mean, as good of a story as Miami was, and it was, the, the, the Denver's just a better team. They're just better. They are. They're just better. And they finish this thing off tonight. They'll go finish 16 and four in the playoffs. That's amazing, isn't it? Pretty rarefied air. Jesus, that's amazing. Certainly in today's environment, mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. with three-point shooting the way it is. One of Gordon has the game he had. When was it? What day was it? Was it Friday? Friday. Was it was Friday. Um, yeah, we went two days. We didn't have a game. There was no game last night. Isn't that so? We had Saturday Night Hockey, but the NBA schedule, it just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. Although I'm kind of glad, selfishly, that, that we get it tonight. <laughs> stretch it out uh, a little stretch more. Stretch this bad boy out. Yeah, I was at Circa for part of that game. Boy, they love their hockey there. Do they? That is, the Golden Knights are Vegas. It's not the Raiders. Yeah. And it won't be, if there is a baseball team, it won't be them. And if they do, if the NBA expands, which is kind of the talk, that they won't move a team, that they'll actually bring a team in Seattle and put one in Vegas, because that team was born there, mm-hmm. right? And that means more to them. Look, I, I've been dead wrong on this whole Stanley Cup. I think part of it is just I refuse to admit that a team that's just been in the league uh, that has paid zero dues, <laughs> right. uh, none, um, as far as the fans, you know, having their hearts broken, etc. Uh-huh. Yeah, they got the Stanley Cup the first year, but please, um, but they're good. They're really a good team. And I we were sitting in it. circle when Hill came in. Yep, we were after the injury. Yep. And I remember you saying right away, well, that's it. Yeah. Because I watched him. He's terrible. Been pretty good. He's been really good. He might win the Conn Smythe. He may win the Conn Smythe. What about my guy? Uh, who did I tell you that? Marsha Show? Yeah. He's, he's the other one. I mean, if, if, it's, if, it's not, uh, if it's not the goalie, it's, um, it's not Hill. It's, it's probably Jonathan Marsha Show. And that's when we talked about it. I really liked it. 
and I didn't bet that one. Well, Palm told me on uh, on over the weekend his buddies got him at thirty six to one. Wow! Got him at the beginning of the playoffs. Holy to cow! To win this thing, that that's a really good ticket. That's a nice one to have in your back pocket. Ooh, doctor! Now, can you hedge out of that? Are there still updated cons? Yeah, the there are. Anywhere? Yep, there are. Okay, uh, um, but um, he's apparently he's sitting tight. So, uh, did you see any of the golf yesterday? Saw quite a bit of it. As I was pretty heavily invested, I had Nick Taylor. That's amazing, Trent. How did you come up with him, and what did you get? He was seventy to one at Circa. Is that what you bet? Seventy to one at Circa. Good for you. Also had a sixty to one ticket on DraftKings on him. No kidding. Tells you the difference, right? As we always say. But the reason that I also like to have my tickets, and I usually do between three and five golfers every week to win, and then a bunch of top twenties, is DraftKings. You can do the live betting, uh-huh. and so yesterday I was able to get. Fleetwood at plus 110 during the first playoff hole as he got in a little trouble off the tee and got that and at least be able to hedge out. Can't do that at Circa. They don't mm-hmm. have live betting for, they will for the U.S. Open. Right. For Which the, is this week, oh, the, by the way. Yes. Ready or not. For the Canadians. So I'm sitting there, just a couple $5 bets. But Still 70 to 1, man. $350. That's a, that's a great hit. And Is that the longest price you've, uh, you've hit? Yeah. Has to, in yeah. anything? Yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. Now that you put it that way, I'm, I'm sure it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely yeah the longest ticket that I've ever I had. had a seventy-five to oneer. That yeah. was my biggest one. Seventy. That's a big number. And it just long putt on a Fort Eagle. Just get it close. Oh my god! And when Nance says it's got the pace, yeah, and my heart just skips a beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that thing finds the bottom, and then you see Adam Hadwin, another Canadian lad. Oh my. God. Have Folks, you... if you haven't seen this, it is incredible. He comes running out there with a bottle of champagne, mm-hmm. and he gets tackled by security. He did. And some, the angle that they found this morning, have you seen this? I, yes. It's just, I mean, he, what a perfect form tackle this dude. It's, he just lays him out. He might be playing for the Argonauts uh, here in a week or two. <laughs> they might be. You've got to have that, uh, uh, I don't know what it is, 60% of your roster has to be Canadians if you're going to play in the CFL, which is ridiculous. No, I mean, just ridiculous. Probably hurts the quality of play a little oh, bit. Oh, you think? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just, what, just got clobbered at the end. So I'm on Southwest, I'm watching the golf tournament, mm-hmm. and we get home. And the first, you know what? Something happened at Des Moines Airport that has never happened to me ever. And I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but I'm talking about the Des Moines Airport. Okay. Right? And I've flown in, and I, like a lot of you, hundreds of times. Got to the gate, and there was a plane at our gate in Des Moines. Really? Happens all the time everywhere else. Oh, right? absolutely. All the yeah. time everywhere yeah. else. But I'd never come home to Des Moines where you get parked, sent back to the back 40 because there's, a, there's still a plane at your gate. So, so you had to hoof it? No, they didn't. No, they didn't let us out. <laughs> but they kept us there for a while, and I'm watching the golf. Yeah. And because Southwest, you watch on TV, right, which is awesome uh, for free. And then you got to the gate. So I didn't know the results. But you didn't see the end. I didn't see the end. Oh. And then I, I got home and um, you know, I looked, at, looked at it right away, and pr- pretty cool, pretty cool. 72-footer. And just, yeah, just right in the heart. It's a good thing. We were out on the deck. We were doing some things around there, so I just had it on my phone. Mm-hmm. And Tara knew that I was involved. She's like, why you, why you care about the... <laughs> the Canadian Open. Yeah. I'm like, well... Is Ken going to want to talk about it tomorrow? And I'm like, well, that was the first one. And I said, yeah. secondly, I got a $5 bet on this guy. If he wins, it's $350. She's like, whoa, whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah. So she got invested a little bet. bit more after that one. What'd that cost you, by the way? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> And so all of a sudden, yeah, we're in there and he knocks that thing in and just, it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. 72 feet. I thought it was 80. 
you know, when as he was kind of lining it up, that's about what it looked like, and just buried that thing. Beautiful pace, and, <laughs> and then his buddy comes running onto the green to spray champagne. <laughs> First time since '54, Canadians won their national tournament, and he got creamed. He did. Just clobbered. And then you could see the people, I think, you know, the rest of the security gets out there and I think they realize, whoops, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is another Canadian, maybe the most well-known Canadian golfer right now, right? I would have to think. Mike Weir's old. Right. Um, phew, unbelievable. Anyways, good stuff. Well, that way to go. That big was great. Hit. Big, big hit. Huge hit for you. Definitely helped out. Because baseball had not been going very well this week. Well, I will say this. My only baseball note from this week, that's what I watched last night, uh, was uh, was the Red Sox and the Yankees. And if you didn't get to see it la- last night, well, you're luck. Because Sunday night baseball again next week is Sox-Yankees. But I want to say this. Um, if there's any doubt, any doubt, that the pace of play, that baseball has done something good here. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox and the Yankees played a three-game series this weekend. The longest any of, and you know what it's like if you oh, watch Red yeah. Sox Yankees over the years. It's not it's not out of the norm to watch a four and a half hour game, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. The longest of the three games, duration wise, was two minute, two hours and fifty one minutes. That was last night in and extra that was in inning extra game. innings. Two twenty nine. 228 last on Friday night for yep. game one of the series. Saturday night, a tidy 229. How about that? And 251 with extra innings last yeah. night. We're talking Red Sox Yankees. Now, here's an interesting note. And I uh, have been in contact with Joe, Joe John O'Ran, who, Sports Business Journal, he's going to join us he's here. He's tough to get on. He is. And he said he is going to give us some time. He's a great guest, mm-hmm. tons of information. I did hear him last week on his podcast mention. National ratings are down in Major League Baseball, which really surprised me. Now, the reason the Yankees and Red Sox until last night hadn't been on mm-hmm. to that point, mm-hmm. that's going to jump it up. Was this the first series they've played? I think it might have been. Certainly, I think it's the first. It might have been the first series. but Well, of course, they don't play as often in, right. the, in the divisions this year. So anyways. And yep. you got that part of yep. it, too. So that is there's reasoning behind it. We haven't seen a ton. Mm-hmm. They had the week before Yankees-Dodgers. Well, it was up against the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. So there is some reasoning behind it, but I did find it interesting. I thought we would see at this point a little bit of an uptick for people, maybe just that casual fan that'd be more interested. Let's see what this quicker pace looks like. Mm-hmm. Has not translated at least to the <laughs> national audience. Regional uh, still good. Yeah. Regional pretty much across the board are up outside of like the Padres. That's what they're dealing with, obviously. Yeah. Major League Baseball taking over their rights. Yeah. But uh, some interesting things. What other uh, nugget I wanted to throw your way? So with the Diamond Sports, Bally's, mm-hmm. and everything involved, uh, Dave St. Peter, the team president for the Minnesota Twins, during one of the uh, court cases, he was on the stand. And they found out, A, Twins are making a whole lot more money than people anticipated. Are they? The, basically How, kinda, though? People under, thought kind of the assumption, the educated guest was, they're about $40 million a year is what they were getting for Bally's. Okay. 54 Wow. Is what they're getting this season. But not only that, and this really, I think, hit hard on Bally, they just offered the Twins a five-year extension at $54 million a year. So saying that we don't have the money, this isn't a money-making endeavor for us, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Well, you just offered us months ago an extension mm-hmm. at $54 million. You're making money on this. Yeah, thing. absolutely. And I think that one hit it pretty hard. But there are a couple others that the money was even, even the regional numbers, not for the Cubs, the Cardinals, but... 
some of the smaller places, like the Twins, like the Rangers, they're making more money right now than people anticipated. Ah, oh, good stuff. Your Twins took two or three from my Jays. Yes, and should have been three in a row, but been. you saw who came trotting out of the bullpen Thank in the God eight. he's still a Twin. <laughs> Thank God he's still a Twin. Uh, what, what else has been going on? I tried to stay away from sports last week. I tried. How did they go? Well, it went really good the first three days of the trip because... It's internet TV. Oh, okay. So day four, I finally figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on Hulu. Yep, yep. Um, but <laughs> it's just not the same. It's not the same. Uh, but it, you know, Twitter. It's, it's a little bit of Twitter here uh-huh. and there. I tried to just unplug, unplug, and yeah. So did the live story suck you back in? Not really. Really, I, I knew that if I, I knew that if I was at work, it would be a big story. I, mm-hmm. Look, it was hard, it was hard to avoid, right? Right. Uh, it, it was hard to avoid, and I guess I just um, I was surprised, like I think most of the country was, that these two. But from what I kind of glean, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think the PGA realized they're about to a get tied up in court, mm-hmm. and they're going up a, a, against an entity that prints money. Right. Um, and they thought that there was a pretty good chance they weren't going to prevail mm-hmm. in one of their lawsuits. And they thought, you know what, we'll cut our losses, uh, try tried to merge together. Um, and not only prevail, but, yeah, they have endless money. Mm-hmm. But the PGA Tour is a tax-exempt corporation. Yeah. And when it went into what both sides were going to find out, Oh, discovery! I don't think I, don't think, don't want, I got you. Yeah, you know who I felt bad for in the whole thing, Roy McIlroy. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure that that's kind of the consensus, right? Because mm-hmm. he stood his ground, um, stuck his neck out there. Absolutely, probably cost him some friends. Had the face. He was the face. He of was it. the face. Yeah. Absolutely, and it kind of feels like they did him wrong. I agree with that. Yeah, it was he, my biggest takeaway on it all. But you know what? What I'm hopeful for, and maybe even as soon as this week, you know, Rory has played well at times, but he has not been. The winner that we thought mm-hmm. we were going to get a decade ago. Mm-hmm. It's been a long drought for him yeah. now in majors. And maybe this is just one less thing, one mm-hmm. less thing going through the head that he has to worry about. He can just go out there and golf. Because yeah, let her rip. Rory's a fun guy to watch. He's an entertaining golfer. Mm-hmm. He can hit it a ton. He's not a big guy. Yep. He's just a guy that is... He's a good quote. Yes, he's enjoyable. He's easy to root for, I think, for many people. And just to get all those extras out of there, just go out there this week and golf. Yeah, I'd love to see it, Trent. I would love to see him win. I have heard. What's his price, by the way? Uh, he's he's got to be double digits. Oh, yeah. He's, he's going to be way I've, up there. By the way, have you seen the rough? This, I have heard nothing but great things about the way this tournament's going to play, too. LACC. You better be in the fairway. Yes. Which is always the case in the open. US Open. is right. But this is next level People stuff. are standing. They, 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 uh, it was on Twitter. might have been the, uh, the US Open Twitter account, whatever. Just standing, you know, dropping your ball like you're, you know, you took free lift or whatever, and you you go to drop your ball and you drop it in the. It's completely buried. It's gone. You can't see it. He is the fourth choice right now. Twelve to one, fourteen, fifteen, fifty. All right. Your betting favorite, Scotty Scheffler, at plus six fifty. Rom, the second choice, eleven twenty five. And that's another reason. Maybe was John Rom on the cusp of joining Liv? Is that true? Have we? Did that's we... been out there. Yeah. 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 Uh, Kepka, third choice, as he probably should be, mm-hmm. plus twelve fifty. Boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a lot of bets this week. <laughs> well, you got some money in the I, bank, I, right? I got you a little just, extra. You in had there. a seventy to one score for crying out loud. That helps out. Don't feel quite as bad now betting on tender for guys this yeah. week. Did you? Uh, I, I know this is way down everybody's list. I get it, but it, I thought it was really good TV or really good video. Did you see the the female trainer? That there's no never been a woman. 
trained the uh, the winner of the Belmont Stakes. Yes. And honestly, I'd never heard of the woman before. She's got, I guess, a really small outfit. But did you see the video of her rooting her horse on down? She's the getting street? after it. Holy mackerel. That, that, I thought that was great. Yeah. Just the emotion and then when it sinks in. Uh, that she's about to do something, make some hi- uh, history. Uh, that was I thought that was a phenomenal piece. Angel of Empire, of course, for the all-boss stable. He was certainly in the right spot, turning for home. Yeah, we, uh, we're all watching it at Sean's wedding. I saw wedding. a picture of yes. you guys. So... So, what did you watch it on? Just on your your TV well, account. I, I had Direct TV app. Oh, and, did you? Yeah. yeah, just the NBC feed from that. Mm-hmm. So you can just click on it now. That's another nice thing with Direct TV. You know, anymore the locals would be blocked out. Yeah. Some of the stations would be blocked out. Pretty much anymore, they're like, you want to watch it? You can watch it live. That's the that's the way it should be. Absolutely. So you're all sat around the table. Yeah. Was it a fun time? I mean, I want to. I don't want to ask a bunch of questions about Sean's wedding because Sean will be back tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, but you had, it looks like you guys had a blast. Yeah, it was a really fun time. Yeah, yeah. good. Sean and Kaylee had a great wedding. Yeah. Roberts' uh, tears were flowing even before it began. I'm not surprised. Good for you, Sean Roberts. I was able to find in my suit, apparently the last time I wore a suit was... <laughs> to a different wedding. Uh, no, I had a funeral. Because <laughs> I had some Kleenex in there from the funeral home and oh, handed over no. to Jenny Murphy. Who she, she was crying too? She was getting a little teary-eyed when she saw Sean start crying. So That's awesome. Handed that over to her. But really fun wedding. Great time. And yeah. congratulations to Sean and Kim. Absolutely. Uh, good stuff. Well, uh, we will take a time out. We'll come back. We'll talk to our friend Scott Dockerman. Uh, tough day at the Athletic. Uh, a lot of yeah. Doc's colleagues have been... Um, so it's the New York Times that owns them, right? Correct. Yes. So will any of them be picked? Uh, probably not. By the times I was going to say, will there be a soft landing? I would, I, I, who knows? The times you wouldn't think of certainly national mm-hmm. kind of things. And mm-hmm. that's and one of their business guys, sports business guys. He was laid off. And really? Yeah. Some, some big names you'd kind of see that's the, that I'm sure their sadly, bylines have gone across. Yeah. yeah. Sadly, that's the, that's the, the era that we live in when it comes to media. Time out, come back. Scott Dockerman, Miller and Condon. We're underway on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.net. Just past 11.30, Miller and Condon. It's a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX. And oh, our number two will kick things off with Matt Snyder. Talk baseball, CBSSports.com. Nick Olson, he's in Colorado Springs at the uh, under-19 Team USA. Uh, three, for sure, incoming freshmen, uh, Iowa State players are there. Uh, but we'll get the latest from Nick in about an hour from now. Right now, Scott Dockerman, our friend from The Athletic, where he covers the Hawkeyes in the Big Ten, and but he's not fighting with Nebraska fans. <laughs> Doc, I don't know how there's sometimes you find enough hours in the day to, to write your pieces and uh, and do the, provide all the coverage and content that you do, yet still find time to uh, um, get back, go back and forth with some delusional. And I've got to use that term because it fits uh, uh, Husker fans. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm I'm hoping to just kind of stop with it because uh, it does taking up a lot of time. But um, it sometimes it, you just got to keep going with with uh, the facts and yep. that the opinion uh, kind of drowns out. Um, you know, there's some really strange ones out there, mm. and uh, I know just the simple fact is that when you look at the Big Ten West the last six years, I mean, if one school and, and a columnist is going to say they're slumming in a division yeah. and they're the worst team in the division. Uh, what does that say about you? Yeah, really. <laughs> That's kind of what I want to, that's my point here is uh, 
Um, it's the team that was supposed to be the marquee team in the West is the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't complain about everybody else in your neighborhood. And what did you point out, Doc, that there are only five teams that have a worse – five power five teams that have a worse record uh, than Nebraska. Rutgers, uh, Arizona, I can't remember the others, but they're very few. But Nebraska's on that, li- on that list for ineptitude. Yeah, in the last six years, they've won 23 games. Um, I think Kansas, Vanderbilt, Rutgers, Arizona, and and Nebraska. And Nebraska's the only one out of those, that out of anybody in Power 5 that has been to a bowl game Jesus. over that period of time. I mean, you know, how, how the mighty have fallen, because, yes, we all remember, the, those of us that were old enough, what it was like. But it's not that way anymore. No, it's no. two decades ago. And so it, it's been uh, it's been a little bit educational, um, and I hope in reverse it is because it's just after a while you're looking at this going guys it's two decades now it's it's time to move on you know you're going to have to start thinking you're not better than everybody especially when they're better than you yeah and for it was Chattel that wrote it right yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that surprises me anyways. Maybe it shouldn't. <laughs> it shouldn't. I don't think it should. <laughs> well, Doc, let's uh, get into the Hawkeyes. And since we last spoke, the release of the 2024-25 schedules in the Big Ten, something that we bandied about a lot, and they did it. The Big Ten didn't take the easy way. Scheduling becomes a little bit more difficult with everybody having differing numbers of protected rivals. But Iowa, and credit to Gary Bart on this one because he's been pounding the table. You've told us, Doc, this is something that Iowa has wanted, getting the three protected rivals. It is, and I think the Big Ten did an outstanding job in, in the past. Mm-hmm. I've called them out when, when necessary, but in this case, instead of taking the easy way, which would have been we're all just going to line up three protected rivals and then cycle through everybody else, which is kind of what I was at least writing a little bit about before. They, they took that kind of methodology and condensed it into a two-year block, but then also protected just the rivalries that need protected, the ones that are the most important, both from a historical perspective and a regional perspective. Um, and, uh, you know, Iowa made out just fine. I mean, there, it's a unique uh, program in that that, there are four rivals. All of them are important, and it kind of depends on where you live as to which one is the most important. Mm-hmm. Probably where you guys are, the Cyhawk really commands the most attention. If you're in Council Bluffs, it's Iowa, Nebraska. If you're on the eastern part, it's it's largely Wisconsin, and it's kind of everybody else. And then historically, you cannot remove Floyd of Rosedale without just trashing your history. So yep. I, I think the Big Ten did a really nice job here with this. And the competitive level is set up almost perfectly, um, even among the, the main programs, the four primary ones, USC, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, they play two out of the three every year. Not, not three out of three, but two out of three. And I think that's, that's fair. And, um, and then everybody's going to play kind of the upper half of the Big Ten that really cares about football. They're also going to have four to five games against those teams, too. Uh, it wasn't an easy task, I'm assuming. Whoever was uh, was tasked with uh, with putting this all together, uh, they did well. Penn State has no rivals, Doc. Um, how did that sit? <laughs> you know what? I think it fits perfect to, to what their reputation is. That is, they call themselves unrivaled, and now it's, it's <laughs> you know it's their brand. I mean, yeah. They did not have a rivalry, and and part of that was I you know, and it was strategic to an extent with Ohio State and Penn State because. That game is one that I think everybody thinks probably should be protected just for the pri- uh, the priority of it. But, however, um, when you look at it, then that means Ohio State every other year would have Michigan, Penn State, USC, 
that he'd throw on a, a Wisconsin and Iowa, Michigan State, you know, teams that have, you know, historical levels of success. And even Blue, Blue Bloods deserve to have an even schedule. So I think that, that probably added up to it. But, um, but Penn State will play, you know, more often than not, they'll play the USC's and the Ohio State's and Michigan's. Uh, more so than say Iowa will, they'll do it probably eight times over twelve years. Iowa will be like six times over twelve years. So I think it worked out well for for the Penn State Nittany Lions as well. Schedule twenty twenty four for Iowa road trip out to USC, road trip to Ohio State. There's a couple likely preseason Yikes. top ten teams coming up in twenty twenty four. First year without divisions, it's going to be a whole lot more difficult. It looks like for the Hawkeyes. It's certainly going to be challenging, Trent, and I think, you know, that's what you want. But when you start to peel it back, I mean, um, USC, you know, you look at like last year's USC team that got to 11 wins. The year before they had five. You look at the offense and it was a, a juggernaut. You look at the defense Awful. and it was a turnstile. Yep. You know, it was as bad as there was in the Big Ten. So I think uh, when, you, when you take those trips, Ohio State, you know what you're going to get. USC just remove the name and call it Michigan or Penn State, and you're like, okay, well, that's mm-hmm. pretty tough too. So I, I don't see anything that makes me just jump out and say Iowa can't do this. It just means that it's just going to be as difficult as it ever ever is when they're playing across the division. So um, I, I like the way it lays out. I'm glad that they, uh, you know, they'll get UCLA at home, and it'll be interesting to see when that game is played because if it's like third week in November, yeah. watch out UCLA. Mm. The crossovers that Iowa was supposed to have in 2024, who were they? Rutgers, Maryland, yeah, it was Indiana. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> quite the no, it's for the better. It's for, it is. It's, it's, yeah. for, it's for the better. Um, I, I don't disagree with that. Scott Dockerman uh, is our guest. Doc, is there a, is there a school that Iowa um, will not see on a yearly basis that uh, you think the fan base or I mean, easy jaunt over to catch Northwestern over to Champaign? Although I don't think many people are going to miss that. Um, Will, will there be one more than others that um, you know leave uh, longtime Hawkeye fans you know kind of a little uh, uh, a little wanting more, if you will? I mean, the the West Division from a rivalry perspective could not be any better for Iowa because you play everybody on your border plus Purdue, which is almost on the border, mm-hmm. and it has a you know ninety plus games against Purdue. So I mean, it, it was perfect from that perspective. But I think. You know, I think, you know, there's going to be some reservation about not playing Northwestern, you know, because it is a three and a half hour drive from, mm-hmm. depending on traffic from, from Iowa City to Evanston and, and playing in Chicago where you recruit so heavily. That's really important. I think Illinois, it's a, it's a quick jaunt depending on, on, uh, whether, how much road construction there is on 74, um, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of like 80, I suppose. But, um, you know, that's always a good one. And in basketball, that is their main rivalry. So, I think, you know, you'd like to see them if you could, but, but overall it's about protecting what's most important. And, and Minnesota and Wisconsin historically are the most important. And then there's that growing, um, you know, series with, with Nebraska that, you know, has a lot of equity being on Black Friday. That's something the Big Ten wanted to protect. Mm-hmm. That's something Nebraska obviously did and, and Iowa has as well. So I, I think they did what the best they could. And I think the sync up with the schedule allows, Iowa to continue to play Iowa State on an annual basis. Yesterday was move-in day for the freshmen making their way to campus. This is a pretty well-formed team. Are there any incoming true freshmen that you believe have a chance to get out there and play a little bit more than special teams, but get some reps either offensively or defensively? Who are the guys you have circled? 
This is mainly a developmental class, I think, Trent, but I do, I, I think there are a couple who are, will have an opportunity maybe to make the depth chart. And, and number one is Ben Keeter, um, you know, a world champion wrestler, um, at, at City High. Um, I, I think he, just looking at him, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a story on him later this week. And, um, you know, he's got the potential, he's probably going to redshirt wrestling with Tony Cassiope there. Mm-hmm. So my guess is he's going to be on the field playing special teams and potentially being a, a number two. He, he could vault up to the number two backup. Um, you know, and I think that'd be a really big year. I could see one of the receivers uh, elevating themselves into the rotation. They're three. They're, they're all pretty green, but I think they've got that potential. Same thing with defensive back. You know, there always seems to be one or two true freshmen who kind of shine. I think it could be John Nestor or Khalil Tate. So, and, and maybe on the offensive line, Trevor Lauk from, from, uh, Indianapolis. I, th- I think he's got potential. Uh, you know, so, but overall, when I look at this class, it's probably one that, We'll know a lot more about in 2025 and 2026. It's just not there's not like gotcha. a Caden Proctor that could have mm-hmm. walked in and been a starter. Hey, you you mentioned Keeter. I've maintained now for a while that he's going to end up with his hand on the ground. He's going to be kind of a rush specialist, defensive end kind of guy. You got to anticipate he's going to get bigger, probably up in that 260, 270 pound range. Not many linebackers run around at that. If he is going to do both wrestling and football, simplify it, right? Don't worry about reads. Don't worry about all that stuff you have to do at linebacker. Let's make you a defensive end. Get, can you go down that path with me? Well, yeah, I could because he's a, he's a heavyweight in wrestling. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know that, I mean, yeah, it, it simplified it. But if you're smart enough, you can handle it. It's just, it's just a game. <laughs> yeah. I think that in some ways, if he's, you know, you, you're, it really relies more on lateral movement. It, more than anything. I mean, if he can move laterally, you keep him a linebacker. It's really important. If if he's not, that's not his strength, then I think, yeah, you put his hand in the dirt. He's got the size, no question, to be that. But I think he's also, um, you know, I think you let him play linebacker until he prove he can. It's kind of like the same thing with when you go to the next level and people are talking about short arms and being a tackle. Let them be a tackle until they can't prove they're a tackle, then move them inside to guard. And, and I think that's the same case here. Hmm. One more on the schedule, Doc. Uh, how involved, if at all, was Petiti? A little bit. Was he? he? To really look it over. I mean, it, it, they, they pretty much had it done before he got there, but he had to kind of push it across the goal line. I mean, you know, Kerry Kenny, who just moved up to the chief operating officer, was the one who really handled it. They went through 171 variations of the schedule. Did they really? So, wow. Yeah, so before they came to this one. But he told me that the the most difficult part is what's coming next, which is actually putting the Mm -hmm. dates together because you're talking about USC and UCLA. I mean, you're looking at, you know, 2024, USC has to go to Penn State, Maryland. You're not going to do that (laughs) back-to-back, you know. You know, and likewise, you're not going to have Iowa go to USC one week and Rutgers the next. Mm-hmm. So they, they've got a lot more, you know, in the past, that wouldn't have been a big deal. Now it is. So they've got a lot of work ahead of them before they release that sometime this calendar year. Have, have you covered a game at the Coliseum? Never been to the Coliseum, just been to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. So uh, I, I wouldn't mind going to the L.A. Uh, the, where the Rams and Chargers play. I, that'd, that'd be nice so far. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Daka, you mentioned Petiti on the job now, just a, a few weeks taken over. He's got the NBC Fox uh, Big Ten Championship game. He's got to fix all that. What else is on the agenda for him with the TV set outside of figuring out the financials of it? What are some of the big picture items still on the plate for the new commissioner? I think in some ways it's not, it's, it's about finishing the job that was kind of out there and left hanging. And as you said, 
you know, the, the NBC uh, championship situation and, and those games. I, I think that'll be relatively easy now that they've got the, the schedule for 2024 and beyond um, kind of completed. It, it's going to be just, you know, the CFP. It's going to be making sure that what does the Big Ten really want? You know, does it want home games? Um, you know, for the first and second round or just the first round? How, how does it want to compete, you know, overall? I, I think, you know, making sure that those are issues that are resolved. And then, and then finally, there's always expansion. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see some changes happening fairly soon on that front. But what does it mean for the Big Ten and beyond? Does the Big Ten just want to stay put or does it want to be aggressive again? And which schools are kind of there to be considered? So I think there there are a lot of things that he needs to have on his plate, and then of course you look at the the craziness associated with NIL and, yeah. and other topics. So those are things that need to be really discussed at that level. So I, I want to I think he's the right guy for the job after kind of talking to him a little bit. So I would I would put him in that category as he'll he'll make he'll fix the mess. If if, if there is expansion, Doc, what do you think is more important to the conference at the Petiti? Travel partners for the two Western schools, the two L.A. schools, or maybe waiting until the dam and the AAU contract is broken by some school, our ACC rather contract is broken. Would they would they rather wait on an ACC big name or what do you think? Where do you where do you think they look next? Obviously, Notre That's Dame, that wild card. Yeah, yeah, Notre Dame is number one, two, and three on the list. But I, I think you make you bring up a great point. I mean, we don't know what the travel is going to be like. I imagine it's going to be very difficult for USC and UCLA, and not just in football, but I think the other sports too. So what happens there? And then, but I think when you're looking at you know increasing revenue, I think it's probably more in the the east southeast. Yep. You know, it's it's Virginia, it's North Carolina, it's potentially Florida. That's the area that they probably want to capture more because there's more value to it. I mean, if they wanted Washington and Oregon, if they would have brought more, if, if they would have brought in more value, they would have already had them or in place. They they don't feel that way today. Now that doesn't mean in the future it won't, but at this point it doesn't. So I think uh, you know it's going to be a fine line. It's probably going to be getting feedback from USC and UCLA and the other schools. Uh, you know, regarding travel, but I think their growth is probably more in the southeast. Uh, Scott Dockerman for The Athletic. Doc, thanks for coming on. I know it's a, a tough day for you uh, with some of your colleagues, uh, unfortunately, uh, getting some uh, disappointing, some bad news today. But uh, it's the era that we live in, right? It's just You just never know. Uh, but uh, glad you are still there, Scott Dockerman. Ben Keeter piece coming up this week. What else you got going on you'd like to promote, Doc? Yeah, today I had a story uh, about what would have the Big Ten championships been like the last 25 years if there would have been weren't any divisions? So what would have happened in 2020, uh, 20, uh, 2002 if Iowa and Ohio State would have played? Mm-hmm. What about 2006 if there would have been a rematch between Ohio State and Michigan? So we went, I went through all those scenarios. And then I also have a piece, uh, piece this week not only about Ben Keeter, but then the rest of the incoming freshmen and what to expect from them. Good stuff, Doc. Thank you. We'll talk to you in a week. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic as we catch up on Iowa and the Big Ten. We'll take our time out, come back, uh, finish up our number one, Miller & Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Into the game. Hi, 
I'm Aaron Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. With you here until 1 o'clock, Matt Snyder will talk baseball with Trent and I. Hottest team in Major League Baseball is... The Rays or the Diamondbacks? You got one of the two. The Diamondbacks have won five in a row. They're playing well. Yeah. Rays are 8-2 over their last 10. They're they playing well. Keep piling them up, don't they? Who else has won five straight? Who else has won five straight? The Oakland Athletics. Yes, they have. <laughs> Including sweeping the Brew Crew. That's crazy, right? It it's is. just sports. Just sports. You know who's starting, I think, to come to life? The Philadelphia Phillies. Finally. I think that that might be a squad that I would be looking to maybe present, to bring up the futures uh-huh. on my t- account and see if there's okay. one that catches my attention. That's the one that got yeah, you Yeah, I mean, they, they had a good series. They're... they're, they're I know that there's the the hangover, the championship hangover, right. but uh, I don't know. I think that maybe those Phillies might be starting to be one of those teams that has a look. Nobody's chasing down the Braves, though, are they? I don't think so. Uh, the Diamondbacks, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know if that if they're, do you buy them? I mean, they're great, certainly a great story. Well, I was in on them early, so I've been yep. keeping a little close eye on it. The rotation's really good. Yep. Although Gallon wasn't great his last time out. Did Where did Gallon come from? Good question. Did, you know, I saw something. I know that Alcant- uh, Alcantara mm-hmm. from the Fish was a Cardinal. Okay. And I think Gallon went in the same trade. Oh, really? Can you imagine? I mean, the Cardinals, wow. who are as pitching-starved as anybody in baseball, uh-huh. I don't remember who the piece that was that came back. Yeah, Gallon came up with the D-backs. But Did he? Yeah, I don't know if he was a yeah, farmhand somewhere else okay. and, and came over. He's been really good. Yep. And him and Merrill Kelly, and mm-hmm. I like their bullpen. They got those young guys are starting to pop a little bit. I think they can hang around. Most disappointing team in baseball is? Oh, boy. Hmm. White Sox up there? You have to put them on the list, although you know what? Palm agrees with me. Don't sleep on the White Sox. Still not ready to throw dirt on that I, team, he, huh? He's not. Uh, I think he said he bet them last week at 70-1. to one. Well, You got to throw the Cardinals in there. Cardinals for sure. They're in last place. Mets have to, have to be on mm-hmm. the list. The Padres, I mean, they, yes. they, the Mets and the Padres, I think, are both over the luxury tax. I believe. And it felt like, felt like they won the offseason. They did. And now they're not even going to get an opportunity to win in October, I don't think. Mets, man, they're four under 500. It's brutal. And right after we saw at least a little bit out of the Mets, mm-hmm. they've fallen back. Same they, thing with the Cardinals two yep, weeks ago. Yep. We were starting to jump onto that bandwagon. as though the Cardinals are going to ultimately win the They still will, May. And the Pirates are in first. Yeah, wild. Are you uh, buying this uh, Dela Cruz from from the from the Reds? He's fun, isn't he? What are we watching? Is it are, is, is it over the top to say that we might be watching the? Fr- He's only been in the league for a week, so you got to tap the brakes. Six over. game, six game right. hitting streak. Trent, we might be watching one of the greats. It has that feeling, doesn't it? It, it does. Yeah, I mean, you hate to say it, a week into a guy's career, but mm-hmm. what can't he do? And he's playing out of position. He's a shortstop. Mm-hmm. He's playing third base. He can run. He can hit. He's got a great arm. He has just um, rejuvenated that moribund Cincinnati Reds franchise. It, it, there's a reason now to watch the Reds, and it's him. They He came over as a 17-year-old. And what did they in, sign him for? Did I see $35,000 when yeah, he was like 15? Like yeah. So he comes up as a 17-year-old. 
He plays his first full season. Mm-hmm. Two and a half years younger than everybody else as a 19-year-old. Of course, 2020 wasn't a season. Right. In 2021. So after basically a year away from baseball, he goes out there in that first season playing high A baseball and a little bit of double A. He hits 28 homers, 86 RBI, mm-hmm. 9 triples, 31 doubles, hits 304. His OPS is 945. This was a guy that was two and a half years younger than everybody else in the it's league. incredible. His AAA manager said last week, uh, that he's had four Hall of Famers that he that he's managed in his career, and he said it's not even close. That this is the most talented baseball player, and he's the he's a lifer, baseball lifer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not even close that this is his um, most talented player he's ever had. India is still only twenty six years old. Spencer Steers come up. Did you bet? Did you bet the Reds? I did. Thought you did. Grabbed him in the division at twenty five to one, and yep. also. Most wins in June. That's not going to happen at 150 to one. Had to take a shot on that. Now Stevenson, their catcher, he's still only 26. Feels like he's been around for a long time. This is a young core. Fraley talked about him a week or two ago. They got young bats. The pitching looks still got work to do. Mm-hmm. Like we have not seen a fully transformed Hunter Green when he gets there. Mm-hmm. For guys my age, Trent, that you know were I don't know teenagers in the seventies, the big red machine. Mm-hmm. I've been a lot. If you if you fell in love with the Cincinnati Reds, they were your team at that yeah. time. There's what nineteen ninety. They won the World Series. Jose Rio. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> this is a good name. Uh, forgot about the that, nasty too. boys in yeah. the back end. Um, no. uh, but it's been it's been it's been a long long climb to get to this. You and far between. That yeah, is for indeed. sure. All right, more baseball conversation coming up next. We will uh, speak with our friend Matt Snyder from BSSports.com. Nick Olson, he's in Colorado Springs, the under nineteen Team USA tournament, uh, and then Trent's play of the day. Circus Sports sponsors that. Hour two, Miller and Condon next. Des Moines Sports Station one hundred six point three KXNO.